you are listening to the wild soul podcast a podcast for the wild ones join me your host queen namaste as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path from wild inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between because really who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum Hey y'all, welcome back to the Wild Soul Podcast. I am your host, Queen Namaste. I am a yogi, a podcaster, an intuitive, and in this podcast, we talk about all things wild. I interview people from everywhere. They share their stories, and they're just sweet, raising the vibration of the planet. So if it is your first time, welcome to the show. If it's not, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you. And this is episode 53. And if I did it correctly, uh, it would be 52 weeks in a year. Yeah, so this is 53 episodes, aka I've done this for 52 weeks, aka I have done this for a whole year. So this is brand new season two. What is up? I'm calling it season two. We'll just see how it goes. Um, But yeah, if you've been listening... Thanks for the support. Love you all. Love the feedback. And I love connecting people with the guests on this podcast and vice versa. And just sharing the love and helping people out. Whew, wow. Um, yeah, so what do I want to say to you guys today? Uh, today, um, we are having part two of Jacob Pastor Fields episode and this one we dive deep into dreams and like this spiritual realm and all this stuff so it's really cool really awesome can't wait for you guys to hear about that yeah I just wanted to say thank you for the support thank you for the love if you have anyone or know anyone or you want to be on the podcast um feel free to follow uh the wild soul podcast on instagram at the wild soul podcast or me at queen.namaste say hello we'll get you or your friend on and we will just have some good times and as for that let's just get back into the episode of jacob pasterfield season two woo woo excited for another year of this and i can't wait to see what happens and again thank you thank you for the love thank you for all your support and here is jacob guess who's back in the motherfucking house jacob's back <laughs> Back again. Jacob's back. Tell your friends. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back in action. We're so gangster. Round two. Yeah, singing songs, because that's what you about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, if you haven't listened to the episode before this one, go back, listen to it. <laughs> Tell us you what, yeah, who the Jacob prerequisite. is. <laughs> yeah, you need some prereq to hang out with Jacob, that's for sure. Um... We're just going to keep going because I just find this human so interesting and knowledgeable. Oh, thank you. oh you're welcome. Yeah, he was listening to your dog forever. Well, it was really funny. Like, I don't, there's just this kind of switch in my life. I, I think it was when I went to school because, like, I'd been studying sound and mysticism and symbolism and alchemy and, you know, all the origins of speech and song. And, and my, I, I have this weird encyclopedia of a brain. And I, it just, I just, I'm like a sponge and I just absorb all these tiny little pieces of information and then suddenly it's just like BAM 
and then yeah, I got this whole chunk now, and and I don't I don't know exactly how it works, but my brain just like stores all these things, and I just suddenly have interesting things to say. So it's it's kind of cool. I think you have interesting things to say. Um, what really helped was learning so much about sound and the ways in which sound has been utilized as a healing modality for cultures and generations for like pretty much as long as speech existed. We've been using sound as as a as a mode of of healing, and I think we've kind of deviated pretty far away from that with our language. And you know, I mean, you look at ancient languages like Hebrew and Egyptian and Tibetan languages, and each individual letter of their alphabet was this almost battery, and it had its own energy. And you would take those individual symbols and those individual letters and you put them together and they would create a, an amalgamation that would have its own frequency and you know you can take the individual letters of the hebrew alphabet and you can add the total values of each of those letters together when you're taking a word and creating the the vibrational landscape of that word and it has something larger than the sum of all of its parts and speech and language has been used for so long to convey symbolic and vibrational representations of emotion and thought and it's been our vehicle for manifesting that into the physical world and we've kind of started to deviate away from that and our speech we don't even mean half the shit we say you know especially nowadays so you know. much you know <laughs> so much of our 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 mechanisms for speech don't really honor the power mm. behind those words anymore. You know, mm -hmm. so much of what we say is colloquialisms. And, and we speak nowadays almost in simile everything is, well, it was like this. And, you know, I was speaking as if I was this. And everything is a reflective meaning to a larger metaphor. But we're just on this skim surface of what the depth of communication and emotion through speech is. And so... I don't know what it is, but I just always loved collecting all these little tidbits of information because, <laughs> you know, everything is so related to everything else. Like we are one, connected. There's nothing that is separate from everything else. No. And, and speech and vibration, these sounds that I'm using are just collections and combinations of these vibrational states I'm trying to convey. And we take those emotions and we take those thoughts that exist vibratorily at first and we harbor them down through our throat chakra and we manifest it in the physical world. And that to me is so unbelievably powerful and it's something that we just neglect. You know, we don't even mean half the words we say. How oh, much... yeah, I know. It's crazy. How much authenticity is really behind the words you're speaking? You know, I feel like we hit this autopilot mode oh, of speech sure. where we just say things we're used to saying whether or not they actually convey what we're trying to s speak you know so i've always just been such a big fan of, of communication and words and and ideas and thoughts and and you know there have been masters if, if as far back as we can think that have utilized those concepts meditation becomes this tool and this archetype for accessing deeper facets of our own power and speech and singing and chanting has been one of the same things i mean there's a lot of knowledge about the egyptians and the tibetans how they were utilizing sound for purposes other than speech a lot of people believe that there are chambers within the pyramids that are created in a resonance that creates that same form of 
of power. They used to have these specific chambers that you could go and sing and chant in and they would have more power because not only were the consciousness of the words you were speaking in tune with a higher alignment, but the physical dimensions of the room they were in also followed those same mathematical ratios of that divine interpretation and expression of power that we as human beings have the opportunity to access, but we just forget to. You know, we're sleepy. We've we've aren't holding hands with that higher divinity within ourselves to anchor that power into our everyday life. And sound has always, for me, been my leverage back into that power. You know, even when you speak your the the vocal cords that you're utilizing air to create sound from the size of your vocal cords are in that golden ratio to the whole totality of your body. The size of your individual two vocal cords have a relationship to the rest of your body. And every word you say has the power to interact with the vibration of every cell of your body in a way that's so profoundly unique to yourself. So when you sing and you speak to yourself, you have more power to interact with your body and your energy than anything else does. And that's again why affirmations are so powerful. That's why singing to yourself and toning to yourself can be very beautiful tools. And I have friends who have gone through surgery and pain and migraines and cancer and all these different ailments who have utilized their intention and their voice and sent that loving positivity to those physical parts of their body that needed some some healing and for whatever reason that we can't quite quantify on a scientific measurement it has this miraculous effect and that that effect and that power resides within us untapped and sound to me has just been such a beautiful way to bring me back to that realization and to bring me back into that vibrational frequency of love and light and and you know mystery that just pervades every moment of our, our waking life. Mm. Well, speaking about waking life. Yeah, let's get into dreams. <laughs> because, yeah, you were saying that everything is connected. Um, and I'd like to go into that because I've always loved the dreams and the messages that I've gotten. And it hasn't been until recently where I really started paying attention because I always had crazy vivid dreams when I was little. I specifically remember one dream where I, I don't know, I got a Barbie, some sort of toy. So obviously I don't remember it to a T, but like it's been a long time, but it was so real and vivid to me. I was like, mom, where did you put my toy? Like my mom got me a toy and, I was, and I'm like, mom, where is it? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, you got me a toy. She's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, you did. Like I was just playing with it. Where was it? And she's like, honey, you were dreaming. I'm like, and then I started crying. I'm like, I was like, not fair. I want it. Give yeah, me back toy. there. Yeah, I know. I have those moments where you awake from this just beautiful dream where you're like, you wake up and you're like, ah, fuck, I'm back here. And you just like (laughs) try and crawl back into the dream world to like wrap yourself in that blanket of, you know, undiluted relationship to yourself again. Mm -hmm. And I talk to people all the time and they're just like, dreams are psycho babble garbage. I'm like, you're fucking not paying enough attention. You're actually Mm -hmm. asleep then. You are asleep. Yes, because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting so excited. Like, <laughs> and like, yeah, because you were just saying everything's connected. 
And I agree, like, there's there's other worlds, I, I believe, that we go to, other dimensions, while we're sleeping, but we're actually not really sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, we are going somewhere else. Yeah. In my opinion, obviously, we can't fucking prove it to any degree right well, right now. Proof Who knows? is such an yeah. arbitrary thing. Oh, no, I'm not going to go down that rabbit no, hole. We'll, get, <laughs> yeah. we'll stay on dreams. We'll get yeah. into proof later, maybe. <laughs> um, even, okay, say, hypothetically speaking, dreams are inherent psychobabble. Mm-hmm. You create that babble you are the the author of whatever that is even if it is arbitrary it's still in some way shape or form is a reflection of your subconscious mind whether or not they mean anything outside of that i feel is less important because you are the one who creates those dreamscapes you may be influenced by things but your mind is the thing that creates that and one of the biggest detrimental mentalities we have towards dreams and even imagination itself is that it's not real and mm. i disagree with that i th- like just because we're not physically present in our imagination and our dreams i don't think that that takes away any of the actual importance of it happening because it is a reflection off of you so your symbol of the barbie might be some deeply ingrained connection to the female form Right. It might be some form of you wanting to have a little bit more connection with your feminine side or whatever, you know, like <laughs> probably I'm not here. I'm not here to say Whoa. I'm some dream analysis, but, you know, like I think dreams are one of the most exciting facets of existence. Like for me, sleep is like, fuck, whatever. <laughs> But dreaming is what's what it's about, and you know, and I I especially have a lot of vivid dreams around new moons and full moons. I notice. Oh all these yeah, things. pay attention to your dreams around those Absolutely. times. Absolutely, get a dream yeah. journal, be contributing to it because even if it doesn't mean anything, you taking the time out of your waking life to appreciate the fact that you dreamed by writing it down again. We're talking about spelling again and the power of intention and the written word is still super powerful and that kind of affirmation of your waking self to your dream self creates a resonance and that dream body of yours responds to that just the way all of us respond to positive attention you yourself deserve that same kind of positive attention especially when it comes to dreams especially if you want to take some time to understand and realize where your dreams are coming from and the symbolic and you know internal work that is precipitating itself in your dreams becomes very easy. I dream a lot about haunted houses. I'm always in houses with ghosts that I'm the one who has to go find these ghosts and help them out. And that to me, I then wake up and I go, okay, well, what were those ghosts based around? Were And usually for me, for where I'm at, there are a lot to do with love because one of my big things over the last year, year and a half has been self-love. Mm. And so the house in a dream represents the self. And so whenever you go into a house, it's a facet of yourself. And so what happens in that house is a reflection of the internal mechanisms that are maybe hidden behind your conscious mind. You know, our conscious mind has this beautiful, beautiful, merciful facet called the sensor. And so the sensor is our conscious mind blocking out thoughts and concepts that are so painful for us to deal with that they're hard. And your conscious mind, as a defense mechanism, pushes away anything that is painful, anything that is difficult, and anything that is hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's a very merciful quality of of our consciousness. It's, this is going to be hard, this is difficult for us to deal with, so we're not going to, don't worry about it, pushes it on the back burner. But you can push things on the back burner for as long as you want, but they're going to precipitate and manifest themselves in your dreams. 
So you can only go so long from ignoring the messages that are happening within your dreams before you realize that you have very prevalent and very important waking life lessons and work that you need to acknowledge and deal with. Interesting. These dreams get to be a roadmap for your own healing. Interesting. Because you can (laughs) pretend you don't give a fuck forever that's definitely what i'm doing right now and it's gonna it's gonna precipitate (laughs) itself in your dreams okay buddy i think i've told you this before i literally tell everybody because i want to get their opinion on it but like um i see like when i have dreams sometimes they usually either like tell the future something's gonna happen it actually happens or i go someplace that i've literally never been before but i see it in my dream and then i go there in real life and i'm like holy fuck what is this because i've heard that it's like oh you only only dream about what you've actually seen in real life and like your brain is taking these mental images and then processing all the shit and I'm like hell to the fucking no I have never been there yeah. in my real life and then I went there after I dropped it I think about people it. who say that don't have enough imagination yeah. I think that it just becomes really easy for us to say our dreams don't mean anything because then we don't have to take the time to figure out what they mean we just get to brush right. it off right and it becomes yeah. a very um distractive approach to inner work mm-hmm. and to your own healing mm-hmm. my brother who's a gemini does that all the time too i'll tell him something random and i just won't even mean to, to- tell him a thing because i'm like you have no context that doesn't mean anything and he's like yeah i know i'm like okay first off i didn't mean to tell you that it just kind of slipped out of my mouth from my verbal diarrhea especially around my family i just my filters are gone around my family and i'm just like bark, 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 bark. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, wait, how do you know that? He's like, oh, yeah, I had a dream a little while ago where you told me that. Mm. Right? And it's like... Ooh, I wonder if it's a Gemini thing. Cool. Well, uh, no, I'm so. sure... Gem- I, well, I, I bet you air signs are a little bit more inclined to that because air is the element of thought and thought is where dreams exist. That's their playground. Right. So one of my beliefs is through our day-to-day life, we face our, ch- our choices and we choose our choices because we are the creators of our own reality and our own destiny. And every single movement we make puts us on a specific timeline catering to the decisions and the reverberations that those decisions hold. And we move forward with those. We then fall asleep and we dream. We go to the fourth dimension. That's what I think dreaming is. I think dreaming is the fourth dimension. Do you think it's like, okay, this is also, I have this theory where it's like we go to sleep and then we're awake in dreamland and we're like somewhere else, obviously. And then when we wake up, we're actually like asleep in dream world. And then this is oh, like... sure. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I know. Right? But what, what I think happens is when we fall asleep, we go to that different existence. And the only thing that keeps us from staying there is our body being anchored in this third dimension. Right. And so while we're in that fourth dimensional state, our dreams are a process of our manifestation of the new paradigm we've created based off of the choices and decisions we've made throughout that day, which then places us into that new reality. And in that new reality, we get to participate with all the people who share those same beliefs, thoughts and concepts that we share. And we participate in that reality together. And when you make choices that are more in alignment with who you really are and your higher self and your better self, you will then start to attract those people by making those decisions, by creating that reality around you. And people who aren't within that specific vibrational state of being will suddenly fall to the periphery of your life. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have relationships with people for specific periods of times is because we're sharing in a, a vibrational reality that we're participating in. And when we make our decisions, they push us in a direction. We, we push ourselves into a specific direction, creating a new reality that our body anchors in. And while we're in the dream state, we're creating that reality, which we then come back into. 
But that's just my theory. <laughs> that's just me. So what's your theory on dreaming about either having like reoccurring same dreams or having the same people come up in your dreams? Well, I think that that is a reflection of your day-to-day karmic decisions, right? Because we're going through all of these different reactions or relationships and interactions with people. And if we haven't learned the lesson, we're going to have day-to-day and waking life recurring relationships. If we're not dealing with those specific blockages and those specific healing or um, growing edges that we're not leaning into because they're painful, we're going to keep recurring these same experiences. And same thing with your dreams. If your subconscious mind and your, your passive consciousness is you're not taking the time to deal with those things and not looking at the scenarios that create those precipitations in your dream state, those reoccurring dreams are like those reoccurring relationships you go through in your karmic day to day. I think it's the same thing. It's just a higher octave, right? You go, uh, da, 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 da. and we're still saying that A note, but it's a higher octave of the A note. And I think your dream life is a higher octave of your conscious life, your physical reality manifesting itself in your mental reality. And so if in your physical reality, you're not taking the steps and learning the lessons that you have to do to move through these karmic connections and contracts you've created, that same thing's going to happen with your mental reality. Where in your dreamscape, you're going to have these reoccurring dreams where these symbols that reflect these decisions you're refusing to make and these growing edges you're refusing to lean into, they're going to precipitate themselves again and again and again. So in order to change the dream, then you have to take action in real life. I'd say Somehow. so. I, who knows how? I mean, <laughs> this is a pretty loose diagram of what it could be. But that that's what I think, you know, because if we exist in this dimension, we also exist in other dimensions. And even though our consciousness is anchored in this specific dimension, it doesn't mean that our consciousness isn't affecting all of the higher and lower dimensions that our energy exists within. And I think our dream self is the next highest reality we're participating in and you know you get into fifth and sixth and seventh and whatever dimensions above and beyond that we just our consciousness is too anchored here for whatever reason you know like when i was growing up it was always told that everyone here chose to be here all of our souls incarnated here in this specific reality for whatever purpose and that choice blinds us to our access to the higher dimensions so when we get into these deep states of of authenticity and honoring ourselves and these really focused meditative states we suddenly thin the veils of our consciousness that are preventing us from not feeling those higher aspects of ourself we're just existing on so many different platforms all the time but for whatever reason our consciousness is anchored here and there's beauty in that for whatever reason. And I think that this three-dimensional reality that we're existing in is probably one of the hardest dimensions to exist within. I think the first dimension is love. I think that's just where existence stemmed from mm-hmm. is that proverbial infinite love. I think the second dimension is duality. I think it's black and white. It's yin and yang. You're either one or the other. There's no in-between. You're 50% of one thing or you're 50% of other thing. And I think it's pretty easy for us to elevate out of that consciousness. I think going back into the second dimension from the third dimension is way harder than going from the third dimension into the infinite love because infinite love exists within every dimension. It's the strongest facet of reality that exists. And the third dimension is this or that and everything in between. 
We are we are existing in every spectrum of light from red Roy G Biv to all of the different notes of the octave A B C D E F G and you know you know black and white and every shade of gray in between. I think that's what the third dimension is, and I think it's really difficult to be here because there's so much pain and suffering, and we don't have the same speed of accessing change and accessing and imprint our reality that we do in other dimensions. But again, this is just me theorizing you know that's just what i i I think but yeah it's interesting with the whole theory though because there's gotta be there's has to be i can't even speak (laughs) there's something to be said when you have dreams and either i haven't had this yet wondering if you have because we can talk about like um lucid dreaming or whatever but like when you are lucid dreaming and then you see fucking people floating around in your dream and you have a conversation with them or whatever and you actually like meet them later in life or like the same the person had the exact same fucking dream as you and like you guys were in a dream together have you ever experienced that yeah i've had some friends who we try and dream ourselves into each other's dream worlds and have conscious interactions with each other and and, it, you know, it's something that it was like kind of fun and kitschy when I tried it, but we got a little bit of success, but it was nothing tangible. It was just maybe arbitrary and it wasn't anything so solid that we could go, yeah, definitively, this is what happens. <laughs> but I absolutely believe that you can grow your dream self in the same way you grow your physical self. You know, you make better choices for yourself in the physical existence and you get access to better opportunities and better realities. And I believe the same thing for your dream self. You take the time to work on your dream self. You can have more access to interacting with other people. You can have more access to your lucidity and you can have more access to, you know, controlling your dreams. Um, Yeah, there was this one time actually, sorry to interrupt. Please. Um, Actually, like the first night when I went to Bali, I went to Bali last year and the first night I had a dream, first time I slept there, it was like super vivid. There was this girl, couldn't recognize her face. I'm not sure if I told you this already. Couldn't recognize her face. She was blonde though. And I was like holding her and hugging her. She was crying on my shoulder. She's like, Shannon, I'm so done with alcohol. Like I need to be done. Like, please help me. And I'm like, okay, well, like I was like, felt really bad for her. I'm like, yeah, whatever you need, like I'll help you. I'll coach you through it. Wake up in the morning to a message on my phone from my friend who I used to work with who was blonde. <laughs> and then literally saying the exact same fucking thing, being like, hey, I think I need some help quitting alcohol. And I'm like, what? Like, was just, so much of that shit happens to me. And I'm like, Wow. I think so. This I'm, okay. I'm going to theorize again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe time exists in the way we mm-hmm. perceive it to exist in our waking life. And when we're in our dream life, we're beyond that. We're beyond the facet of time because all time is to sorry, all time is is movement, and it's just our observation and measurement of a movement. Right. All matter is moving all the time, and so because it follows specific rhythms, we then go, oh, okay, that must be time when it's so arbitrary and like we put so much value on time but i think our dream self is beyond that and so in doing so before people have actually made these physical decisions the reverberation of that decision when it happens follows this quantum vibration mm-hmm. and we get to perceive it before that actual event has happened and i think our dream self is the part of our reality that you know transcends our imprisonment of our addiction to time So it was the day after you had this dream that your friend had that decision, but that decision still existed the day before it happened. You just hadn't made it to that moment in time. 
But because all moment is the moment, every moment exists, and all there is is that moment. So when they made that decision in a later moment, you felt it on your dream self, on your higher self, before it happened. The reverberation of that decision goes forwards and backwards, goes up and down, yeah. goes left and right, right? <laughs> yeah. It goes in all those different directions. And our higher yeah. self gets to perceive that reverberation of those decisions. And I think that that's what we tap into a lot with our dream self. And when we astral travel, same kind of concept. Yeah, talk about that. What? Well, astral traveling is like is. a half step in between dreaming and waking. Right, our dream self. I think we're actually in a different reality or a different dimension or whatever. And and astral traveling is a step in between. It's where we're still in our conscious body, but we allow our imagination to have access to those different realities. So, like, seeing if I'm falling and other people are falling, when you're you said half conscious, half not, allowing the imagination to do whatever. So when you're dreaming, there's kind of like a storyline to it, and you're kind of going with the flow versus astral you can kind of be like i want to do this now and i'm controlling it this and that way well i think it's the same like within every dream when i'm like i'm i'm usually lucid dreaming and usually i would rather follow where dream goes than force it to go where i want to go and when this happens in my dream so would that still be called lucid if you're what is a lucid dream is another word for vivid dreaming no i i think lucid dreaming is when you are aware of your consciousness while you're dreaming because we have dreams where we're not really aware we're dreaming we're just kind of seeing things it's like your clockwork orange to a table and someone squeezed your eyelids open and forcing you to watch a movie that's not lucid but when you are aware that you're the one watching a movie that's lucid and then when you're aware that you're watching the movie, you then utilize your own uh, power of choice and free will to interact with that. And so I'll have dreams really often where whatever is happening is happening and I kind of get over it and I want to go see something else. And so I'll take myself from the direction I was moving and I'll go on a different path. But what happens is I'll look at these things and in my in my dream, I close my eyes while I'm trying to look at this thing. And then I try and open my eyes, my dream self eyes, and when I do, I just, I'm just staring at black because my brain hasn't actually been able to create the mental landscape for what I'm intending to see. So it kind of like piece by piece fills in that blank. And so that's one thing that happens with me when I'm lucid dreaming all the time. If I want to deviate from the story of my dream that it's already going on and I try and look at something else, my brain's like, oh, shit, <laughs> let's make that. And then piece by piece, it kind of like you know, like Jenga falls into this picture and then I get to then go interact with that world. But it takes a minute for my dream mind to create the landscape that I'm trying to interact with. Yeah, I don't think I've ever experienced that. I do that probably weekly. And another thing, wow. I, another thing I do is whenever I'm in a dream, if I ever want to fly, I have to get like a, a book or a piece of cardboard, just like a flat rectangle. And I use it like um, um, airplane wings mm-hmm. and if i want to go up i tilt it up and then it raises me if i want to go right i tilt it to the right and then it right and then i go right and then left and up and down and all these things and i don't know why but i need i need that flat <laughs> rectangle i need that piece of cardboard or that book or whatever i need something to do that and that's and that's just who knows i don't know why that's the thing but it's just a, it's I remember a tool you telling I me found. that yeah when we did that and like a couple weeks later i'm like okay i'm gonna try and fly just fuck it, right? But that's that's just what works for me. And that doesn't right. necessarily mean that's a template that will work for everyone else. Because for whatever yeah. reason, I have a connection to the symbolism of that rectangle, right? Yeah. 
So that's why that works for me. And I don't know why I can't quantify exactly why. I just know if I ever want to find a dream, I just find a rectangle and well, I'm good. I've only ever done it one time. And I don't know. I was like in this place, like in Asia, like in a temple. It was so weird. And then I looked down at my feet and I'm like, yo, I'm dreaming. And then I didn't wake up. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm actually dreaming. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> I jumped really high and I'm like, oh, and then I was floating up there mm. and I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I got so excited and then I came back down mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, try it again. Try it again. And I was kind of like jumping and then it wouldn't work because I freaked myself out because I was like, oh my God, I'm flying. And then once I hit the ground, then I fucking woke up and I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, it's like exercise. I mean, you don't start deadlifting 350 pounds. <laughs> you got to baby step your way up to that, right? And dreaming is like that, right? People yeah. think you're just going to get to have all this lucid fluidity within your dreams, but you got to work towards that. And so, and astral traveling is, is like that, but it's a little bit different. So astral traveling to me is when you're in a meditative state and you've taken the time, you've gone through your breath process, you've got connected, you've gotten the monkey brain of yours shut off and you're in that beautiful, serene meditative state and you create these templates of interaction. And so one of my astral travel practices I do is I go in my meditative state and so you're not even sleeping you're no meditating. you're awake you're conscious when oh. you do this and that's that's the difference between astral traveling i think okay i'm not you know i'm not an authority on astral <laughs> traveling i'm just a, a whatever you're I doing dabble. It, so i dabble you have you have so theory, what i do is i have this tree i go to and in real life here astral travel Oh, okay. I'm in my <laughs> I'm in my room or okay. whatever. And I have this sometimes I actually do go to a real tree. There are a handful of trees in my area that I go sit underneath and yeah. I listen to their wisdom, but usually their wisdom imparts on me and I don't necessarily have that same kind of interaction as I do when I'm by myself. Got it. Right? Because I'm being interacted by the energies of the trees and their consciousness of plants is still apparent, which we can tap into. That's another podcast. <laughs> Um, so I'll be sitting there and what I do is I go to this tree and I created this landscape. And at first it was just going to a tree and, and what happened with this meditation is I was doing it for years and it was very calm, like nothing happened. I would just go to this tree. And so I don't know how, I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't know if I decided this. It was so long ago. I can't remember if I decided this or it just kind of pieced itself together. But I crawl up the side of this mountain and picture like a mountain peak and pretend some giant god took a katana and sliced it with a sword and lobbed the top iceberg chunk off of a mountain. So it's a flat mountain top. Yeah, and so it's a flat mountain top, but also it's got a little bit of a convex cave into it. So there's this big rim around. There's this big oval. Kind of like a volcano. Kind of like a volcano. Like you walk into a a volcano, but on the inside there's this little pocket and it comes down into this flat plateau and there's a little pool and in the middle of the pool is this green spot where this jeweled lotus tree is growing. And I picture myself... I'm always wearing white robes and I have a big staff and I don't know why <laughs> I used to have a mohawk. Now I have a bald head and, you know, and, and so I would just climb up the side of this mountain. I never, there's never any, anything before. All I do is I like, I see my hands come up to the side of this mountain and I pull myself up on the top and I put my stick down, I climb up and then I skid down into that little plateau and in my sandals, I walk over this little water body of water and I walk through it and I go to this tree and I sit underneath this tree and then I picture myself meditating there and that's what I do and and it's really surreal because I see myself up there in this imaginary you know astral projection landscape and then I also like see my conscious body in my closet or in my room or wherever I'm meditating 
just sitting cross-legged breathing and it gets really surreal and I have this real dissonance I'm like you're crazy this is wild <laughs> but then you just get through that and you chill and for years I would just sit underneath this tree and I would just picture myself sitting underneath this tree and it was super calm and it was just really serene and I would just feel really relaxed and I'd feel really in line with myself and I'd come back into my body and I would go work and do the you know, do the thing. plebeian garbage we mm-hmm. have to do in this reality to get our bread and butter and keep a roof over our head. But then, out of nowhere, stuff would happen. So now I go to this tree, and people will be there, and they'll show me things, and they'll have these things in their hand, and they'll have to interact with these things in their hand in specific ways, and they'll take me different places. And then, this all started before I went to school too. It first started there was I went there and there's this this golden baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is the fuck? <laughs> and I open my eyes and I look around me to kind of like make sure I'm not finally losing it. And then I close my eyes again and this fuck baby's there. I'm like, what are you doing? Just this baby underneath this jeweled lotus tree of mine. And then a perp, a magenta and an orange dragon come out from behind the tree and they blow two pillars of smoke and it creates the DNA helical structure around this baby and the baby disappears and the dragons disappear. And I'm like, that was crazy. What? And you're like totally um, like sober while yeah. you're doing this? Yeah, maybe a little stoned okay. or whatever, <laughs> Yeah. but mostly sober. Yeah. And uh, And then I come back and then I'm just a dude in my room and I'm like, that was weird. And then... You know, a week or two later, I go back and then I go back and this baby has turned into a reflection of me. And and then I interact with this thing. And 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 so sometimes and it's really interesting because sometimes I sit there and I'll look at this thing and I'll go, like, what do I do with you? And it doesn't do anything. <laughs> and then I'll like try and interact with it. And I'll say something. and It doesn't do anything. And then I'll go, OK, well, because we're here in the symbolic representation of reality, why don't I do something symbolic and try and interact with this thing? And then I'll go and I'll, I'll harbor in, you know, white light. And this is all this is all still in this like little mental imaginary scape. And I'll, I'll picture white light coming from such a beautifully divine place. You can't doubt its its purity. Right. You're you're the white light is so white it can't be distorted by things trying to fuck with you because when you're in this state you're really sensitive and you're putting out a lot a lot of energy and there are mischievous dimly lit folks who get really turned on by that kind of interaction so it's really important that you protect yourself and so there are all sorts of visualization techniques and protection techniques and bring a candle with you bring some smoky quartz bring your ask for your guides help before you do all this stuff because you are in a sensitive area and you could be influenced by things and a lot of the things that are happening sometimes things can come in and try and trick you to lead you in a different so that's just my word of warning just be cautious and follow your heart but so what i would do is i I would get this white light and i would have come into me and then i would have it come through my heart center and i would beam it into the heart center of this golden boy Mm -hmm. and then once i did that he goes all right he comes alive and then he takes me to this dragon and I write, I don't know why dragons either. It's a whole thing. And it takes me to this dragon. And then I go see one of my past selves and I have this really vivid interaction with a dude who's me. And it's like, he has the same eyes as me and that same shitty grin as I do. And I'm like, this is weird. And then I, and when I get overwhelmed, I open my eyes and I look at the world around me and I'm like, okay, we're still here. We're still good. 
and then I close my eyes and I get back into it and I know that it's right if I'm back where I left off. If anything's trying to take me in a weird direction, I know I'm going to fall off that. If I check in with myself, my physical body, and I get back in my heart and I go, if any of this is happening, let it be for my highest good and the highest good of all involved. And so, you know, then I go and I have these huge interactions and I'm not going to go into too much of the details, but like, you know, I keep going back to this place and every time I go back now, it's like this, there's so much going on now. Now it's this whole, every time I go there, it's like watching a movie. It's like a dream again. Mm. You know, it's like a lucid, non-lucid dream. And so I go to this place and for years it was just so calm and nothing happened. And now... For whatever reason, I've gotten to this place where my guides know they can access me and my higher self knows they can give me information and it can help me interact with myself to a deeper level. And it can show me parts of myself that I don't have access to with my conscious mind. And the reason why is because I've quieted my conscious mind through meditation. I've utilized the technology of meditation and manifestation to get to this place. And it's a very potent place for manifestation as well Mm. you can picture yourself as 3,000 feet tall and interacting with and just bringing all of the things that are going to fulfill you and enlighten your life and bring you into these higher states of being you're allowed to you have access to this and and again you know the imagination is so powerful because we're in the quantum realm now where these thoughts and these vibrations themselves are still vibrating and they're trying to bond with something physical and so um, Drunvalo Melchizedek is a very interesting human being. He wrote um, The Secrets of the Flower of Life, and he's written a whole lot of really cool books. And if you have a Gaia subscription, he has two of his um, three-day lectures on there, and they're just insanely illuminating. And, um, hmm. you know, there are all these different techniques you can do, and when you're doing that, you have access to your reality in a way that you don't necessarily do with your conscious mind. Our conscious mind is perpetually blocking our awareness from our deeper power and our higher self. So dreaming and astral traveling are very powerful tools that create impositions within our waking life and our day-to-day realities that we get to interact with. And it's really... It's, it's just fun, if nothing so else. Fun. It's just super fun. So if someone's listening and they're like hella jealous of you, kind of like me right now. So it's like, if can you give people like the step-by-step how to begin to do what you just described, like astral meditation or whatever? Like are sure. there things that you can what? do to build up the stamina or whatever, like... Do you have, do you use crystals? Do you use, yeah. use certain type first of breath and, technique? First like and stuff? foremost, get in tune with yourself and your intuition because that's your compass and your flashlight through everything you do because you'll know what feels right and that allows you to follow that. And if you don't have that connection to your intuition, you just, it's like, I don't know going on the wrong ride you went on the wrong roller coaster you know i bought a ticket for that ride but i accidentally got on this ride right and if you're not really in tune with when to stop it's that's hard it just it's harder you're just going to make yourself work harder than you need to the tibetans have a lot of books on it the Tibetan Book of the Dead essentially has a whole bunch of practices and stuff you can do with this. Um, hmm. Guided meditations 
or a way to do it. Okay, I've done that yeah. quite a few times. Um, I've when I've been in sound baths, I've had a lot of moments where. Okay. Yeah. So what happens is you just follow these visionary goes. impressions, and that's what happens because I can't give you a formula because everyone's different. Right. So what works for me isn't going to work for you because we're not the same being. You know, we are one. We're yeah. sharing consciousness, and so you can tap into that consciousness. Ask yourself, ask your higher self, ask your guides for guidance. You know, ask the ascended masters, the archangels, any of the benevolent aliens. Like there are extra <laughs> aliens, right? There are other races who are here to help us mm. with our ascension. There are other beings. There's other facets of energy that our conscious mind cannot comprehend. And when we get into the place where we shut that conscious mind off, our higher self has access to the literal infinite love that so many things are trying to just shower us with. And all we're doing is blocking that out. And so the first step is really becoming in tune with what you feel. Um, It can be a little scary, but look at it more as exciting. If something gets a little weird, like like kind of let it. Let it play with that growing edge. But then be so in line with yourself that you can go, no, that's too much. This isn't okay. I remember when I was in school, I was doing this one really deep past life regression meditation where I went to that place and there's this big, gnarly, fuck off, evil shaman who was like, really messing with me and I found out later he's actually an old past self of mine that I've got to heal through my journey and it's this whole thing but then I remember because of where I was I was creating such an imprint that I was drawing something to me and in my physical self I felt this impression of this energy and this entity trying to push on me and it was trying to come in Mm. and I remember going like no I like I'm busy I don't I'm, no, you can't, you can't come in here. And one of my other super psychic friends who was in school, who does past life regression, she's like, what did you do yesterday? Because I was worried about you. And then another one of my friends in school, she's like, I could not stop dreaming about you. And I pictured I was this giant bird and I was just watching you. And in my meditation, there was this big condor flying above <sighs> This whole interaction and it's like so yeah yeah we we create we create a very 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 strong energetic signal and Mm. you need to be very aware because you will be attracting things a lot of very good things you'll be attracting mostly good things right so you just need to protect yourself so would this be the same kind of uh, same kind of realm as um the, the sleep paralysis yeah 100 percent. okay yeah because i'm sure people probably want to know about that because i've had a few instances with it and i was like oh, i choke myself out of sleep paralysis probably once every two weeks fuck. i haven't had it in a long time i have it all the time i think it's fun honestly <laughs> I know that's weird, but I'm just like, usually I'm trying to force myself out of a scary dream and it's like, I try and speak and I try and open my eyes and it's so hard. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) And then I wake myself up through that force and I have that little bit of sleep paralysis in between. But usually when I'm in sleep paralysis, I'm like, isn't the totality of human experience fucking wild the fact that i can have a hard time shifting myself out of my dream self back into my physically reality that i can have this dissonance 
of those waking states interacting with you. Is that not so fucking amazing? I mean, it's terrifying and kind of yeah, scary, it's but it's still like, I don't know. I'm always just like, we got this though. Oh yeah, we do. So we that's, have... that's what I lean into is yeah, like, like you your, got this. Your power and of you being of the light and stuff. Cause there, I, cause I have been listening to a shaman, shaman Dirk. I wrote his podcast all the time. He's dope. He talked, we, they do actually guided meditations on his podcast too. And then he's talked about dreams numerous times, but it's like when, like you, what you said, you're so fucking sure of yourself and of who you are. And it's like, you can fucking blast light on people and be like, yo, come into the light, bro. Like, I don't want to want any part of this fucking shit you're trying to do. Yeah. I even like, like I have, uh, I've had these really crazy dreams sometimes where like these aliens have tried to possess me. And I've had these, mm-hmm. these dreams where it's this crazy epic battle between good and light and the, and the dark tries, or sorry, light and dark. And the dark tries to like come into me and my dream self does these visualization protective techniques and it like forces these things out and so you can even train your dream self to like push things that are trying to fuck with you away and i'm not like and you know (laughs) i mean before with uh, sorry with the potential of polarizing like even those you know not great entities and those not great facets of energy that are trying to push themselves into your reality it all is from eternal love, mm-hmm. right? And they're distortions. Somewhere along the line on their path, they got distorted from connecting to the light. And That's so they don't understand that they're trying to steal your light. Mm-hmm. You know, in the consciousness of these things that are trying to take away from your light, they don't realize, some might, but fuck those guys. Those, <laughs> those ones are the You don't need two. to fuck with you know, those guys. Yeah. Like, when you're in that place, they can't touch you, mm-hmm. right? Like, you have... You have a right within your own self. There are agreements across all boards. They don't get to fuck with you. If you're in that heart space of yours, that is your dominion. That is your divine right to occupy that space. And nothing else without your consent is allowed in there. And so if you really tune in with your heart space and your light, they can't fuck with you. They don't, they're not allowed. There are more powerful beings of light who will step in. There are, I, I believe there are angels, which is a polarizing term, that are, their job is to police this shit. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They have dedicated their existence to that role. And it's benevolent. Even these negative energies, the chaotic impression that they're creating upon your life in some way, shape, or form is related to the karmic contract of your existence, which is a facet of infinite love. And in some way, shape, or form, that interaction is going to bring those beings back into the light. Especially if your light can shine so immensely, it will... What's the word? Not alchemize. It will... Transmute those entities back to where they're trying to go without them realizing it. I'm not trying to say take things on. I'm not trying to say giddy up, let everyone come on in. No, no, no. You know, what I'm trying to say is you can take steps when you're about to embark on this inner journeys and these guided meditations and this astral traveling and this dream work, you can take steps to just protect yourself. And essentially all it is, it's like say you're having a party at your house and you fall asleep with the door open. Yeah. Shit's allowed to walk in. Yeah. Like, you're not going to do anything. You're asleep. Your door's fucking open. So people be like, party in here. 
Why, why wouldn't they want to come in? There's yeah. some fun going on. They want to see what's happening. Yeah. But all you got to do is you just close your door beforehand. Interesting. Get a candle going in front of you. Light some sage. Like, banish the fuck out of those things, right? Mm-hmm. I do this uh, pyramid meditation where... So if you close your eyes... Like right now, just let's all close our eyes. <laughs> okay. And so just think about right now with your eyes closed what you can see. You can kind of see the room around you. To a specific point, think about how far in front of you you can see. Think about how far behind you you can see. To the left and to the right, how far can you see before it just goes into darkness, above and below? I bet you all of those poles, all of those points are the same distance. So now draw a line between them. So front, back, left, and right, you've got a little diamond around you. And if you draw all of those points to the top point, and to the bottom, you've got an octahedron. You've got a pyramid above you and a pyramid below you. Mm. And that shape is powerful because of the dimensions within that shape. It speaks to many levels of reality. And when you're in that space, you're safe. That's, that's you. That's your domain. That's the domain of your consciousness. It's your divine right to exist and embody within that space. It's kind of like our aura. That's a, like... Well, and that's the thing. Now take that. Now take that octahedron and spin it. Spin it in every direction. It will make a bubble around you. And that egg around you is your energetic body, which you can also see people's. Everyone can. Everyone can. You're like everyone can see auras. I do. I do physically see auras. Schizophrenia. Yeah, I can see auras. I can see auras, but most of the time you see auras with your third eye more than your physical eyes. I'm fortunate i've done but i don't feel like i mean it's it's really mm, arrogant of me to say i don't have gifts because i obviously i do and Mm -hmm. you know and part of my struggle has been really accepting those because they've been ostracizing in in my life and it's hard Mm -hmm. for me to move through those without the pain and the scars of that ostracization but i don't think it's anything that people don't have i think everyone has access to those those realities and I just done a ton of exercises I mean sure maybe I was naturally more inclined for this to happen but I do exercises and I practice seeing things and one of the things you can do is right now as you're seeing try and see how far to the left side of your sight and the right side of your sight you can do and try and see all of that like take your fingers and see on your periphery where they fall out of your vision and then see both of those fingers at the same time let them move or whatever. <laughs> and then now carry that vision. Look at all of, look at everything you're looking at. And when you do, you'll start to see these little sparkles and these little crackles of life. It's like looking at a car on a hot day. You see the heat rising off of it. Human beings' bodies are the exact same thing. It's just, it moves differently. It's got this different energy and this different kind of patterns to it. And the more you try and do that, you'll start seeing halos. Everyone's halo. You've got that little cool concentric circle around everyone's head. And then you see the fringe and there's this little inch and a half of just crackling little fuzz around everyone. And then you see the first layer of the aura and then you see the second, maybe the third if you get there. And then fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, you don't really see with your physical eyes because they're beyond our comprehension. Right. But there are all these practices and techniques that are available to you. And even the... You know, the ancient monks and the ancient masters, they call these the siddhus, which through cultivation of their awareness of their energy, of themselves, they had access to superhuman, I'm air quoting, superhuman (laughs) 
abilities, right? And that's how these monks can sit on top of the Himalayan mountains in their robe and not freeze to death, right? They can find mm. the technology within themselves. They can go into their thalamus, which is believed that that's where it's like the thermometer for your body. They can go and turn that thermometer up because they have access to the way in which their thoughts, their consciousness, and their intention can interact with the physical representation of that reality. As I've actually done that before, though. I went to last year, fucking walked on hot fucking coals. Same fucking shit. Same thing. And it's like, holy hell, our bodies are capable of so amazing, such amazing things. And yeah, I didn't fucking burn my feet or even feel it. But then some people were fucking screaming in pain and fucking burnt their feet. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. The body and the mind are so oh, yeah. insanely so cool. beautiful and powerful. Mm-hmm. And we consistently forget that. And so by exploring the facets of your dream self and your imaginary self, you have more access to those things. And suddenly, you're not anchored by the imposed conditioning of the limitations that we believe our physical bodies have. The belief that you can't do these things is the biggest detriment for them not happening. Mm -hmm. If you believed you could do more, you would create a reality that that was allowed within. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's difficult because we're in this reality affected by other people's projections of reality when you observe something it alters the physical fabric it's created of it's called the observer effect and this ties back into the scientific process i'm a huge fan of science i'm a huge fan of the scientific process and recreating these scenarios so we can learn from them however the mere observation of an event alters the way in which the molecules that are being seen interact with light behaves as both a particle and a wave and the consciousness and the, the observation of it changes that. They've done a whole bunch. If you, if you look up the double slit photon experiment, it shows the ways in which when they were watching light be shone through these slits in a wall, the photons behaved differently when they weren't being observed than they were being observed. So everything your consciousness identifies, it changes the reality Whoa. that it participates within. <laughs> That's deep shit. And then we go into the placebo effect. Oh, yeah. Where the placebo effect, you know, we've had people heal themselves by taking pretend medication. Yeah. So... That's why this proof concept is, is a very, very powerful tool, but becomes a poison at a certain level. Because... Mm you will not be able to prove certain things because they won't exist within the reality of a mind which has not allowed it to exist within. Say that again. I can't. It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. You might not be able to prove everything to everyone because they're not participating in the reality in which you created it within. It'll be outside of their comprehension. So you won't be able to replicate these certain things. So proof is great to a point where it becomes detrimental. Wow. The observer effect and the placebo effect, I feel, are just the fun. Observer effect, I've never heard of oh, that Oh, man, before. you want to go down rabbit holes? Go dig that. into the observer effect. Oh, shit, I will. Um, oh, yeah, and talking about like the whole aura and the egg-shaped thing mm-hmm. that's around us, because when I was reading a book about connecting with spirit guides or whatever, like sometimes there can be holes in that aura, and that's how shit can seep in. Yeah, yes? yeah I mean, um, our, our traumatic blockages create tears within our auric fabric and so you know that's just that's why you're losing energy sometimes is because you know you've got leaky 
parts of your aura and it comes from trauma you know and we're all ain't nobody who doesn't have trauma in this world i mean we're all blocked on our on our root our mm-hmm. sacral and our solar plexus chakras and most likely throat chakras and that's because we're existing in a world that f- tries to make us forget that power and i mean just growing up i mean you know you, you're trying to make sense of all your emotions and we don't necessarily have the tools and the guidance to do so properly so we do it accidentally improperly and that then like, we they, carry it with us yeah like what i'm i'm listening to an audiobook right now and i need to actually just buy the paperback too so i can like read it too and make notes but the power of your subconscious mind have you heard of it yeah i uh, think i, I read that oh, i read okay. that last yeah, year i can't remember who fucking wrote it the power of your subconscious mm-hmm. mind and like they i don't understand why they don't teach us this in school like it's so fucking powerful and it goes back yeah to that intention that you were talking about last episode and affirmations and the words and the the landscapes that we think mind yeah because it even talks about um like you literally ask yourself a question or ask your subconscious a question before you go into dream state and it'll fucking show you and like with I've Googled something before about dreams. I can't remember what I was Googling, but then I came to this page of like where all of these things were created from fucking dreams. Like the song yeah. yesterday came from a dream. Eleanor Rigby, Paul McCartney wrote in a dream. I'm actually in another book I'm reading. It's about the ways in which composers have written entire movements of famous songs of theirs that they woke up from a dream with the song stuck in their head. Yeah. The period periodic table apparently was from a dream google originated from a dream like all of this crazy shit Mm -hmm. yeah untapped power that exists within your subconscious mind yes it's just beautiful and it's so fun it's just a whole other playground you know and then so that's why i really got into it and you know, giddy up, have some fun yourself. Giddy the fuck up, everybody. You know, just get in tune with yourself and, and listen to your own. And again, this kind of stems into boundaries, right? Like you have boundaries in, you know, in your dream self, in your, you know, your astral self. You are allowed to express those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then get into that pyramid shape again. That's your, that's your energetic boundaries. That that's is such a good That's the literal, that that's like the literal, like, get the fuck out of here. Get voice out, right like i sometimes i've done that up i've been like high on mushrooms with some friends and they're like let's go to the bar and so i do and i'm in there oh, and God. it's like all this crazy energy and i'm like i'm good man i'm sitting here i'm in my space and it's like people impress upon it whatever no big deal man you go there i'm gonna be here come dance cool don't dance ain't no thing i'm gonna hang out in this space because it is my divine right i'm allowed to exist within this space what a trip (laughs) yeah that went that went all sorts of weird i don't usually speak about most of the because i feel again that polarization and that that you know it's not things i can talk to most folks about but so i'm really glad i got an opportunity there listeners are not like most folks you know what most folks are boring and y'all aren't (laughs) y'all are if you're listening to this you're not boring no Jacob, that was so cool. Thanks we, for having me. We gotta do that again. Yeah. You have so much knowledge in you, and I feel like you're just a wizard, and I know you were that in your past life anyway. There's really. something. Maybe we can talk about past life regression next time. I'm just all about the things. But, um, 2020. 2020. Here we go. Get that vision. Yeah. <laughs> um... I'll link you in the show notes. Yeah, link me up. They fucking, if they listen to the last one. If you listen to the last one, it's still the same thing. Same, same. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. And Rainbow's Dreams and the Space in Between. Rainbow's Dreams and the Space in Between podcast on Spotify. You dig. Dig it. Yeah. Jacob. Thanks again, Sean. Love Love you too. Love you. Love you. Namaste.